Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am, as always, broadcasting from the beautiful Granite Outpost in Manchester, New Hampshire. We are a mere few weeks away from the kickoff of MLR 2023. We are trotting right along here in the preseason in episode 62 in episode 62, we're calling this one Preseason Part 1. On this episode, we've got some heavy hitters for sure, bringing in the new Season 3 of the Jacks Rangers show. Is anybody having a worse week than, re than rebrand ATL? I mean, rugby ATL? That is yet to be decided, but I wanted to remind everybody, if you're, if you're listening to this on January the 25th or prior to, make sure that you check out our Ranger Tavern on Twitter through the Twitter Spaces option that will be taking place on January the 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, co-hosted by our friends Eagles Overseas, season ticket holder friend Bill Baker, as well as our buddy, our frenemy, if you will, John Fitzpatrick Fitzy from Rugby Morning will be co-hosting along with myself from the Jacks Rangers show. We will have head coach Scott Matthew join us as well as general manager of the Free Jacks TK, the fifth outrider, among many more Free Jacks personalities that will be on the Twitter spaces on January the 25th, 2023 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Hope to see everybody out there at Ranger Tavern. Grab yourself a storm along, grab a table, and let's chop it up. Without further ado, let's get into the episode lineup for episode 62, preseason part one. First up, we've got our buddy down there in the Big D, Dallas, Texas. We've got Rick Collins, who is our Dallas correspondent, the Jackals down there. Really enjoyed talking to Rick. He has a wealth of information about all things Dallas Jackals. Really highly recommend his Jackal Den show that is on YouTube. Make sure you guys check that out to learn all of the ins and outs of what's going on down there in Dallas. And of course, we cannot have a new season first episode without our boy, the legend himself, the living legend that is superfan Spider of the New England Free Jacks, the general of the 69th Regiment, the unofficial fan ambassador. He's got as many titles as the King of England, but he is everybody's favorite. Spider was able to join us. There is some funkiness with the audio. I do apologize about that. We had a bit of feedback going on there, but uh, it's not too difficult to listen to. And finally, we've got maybe the arguably the biggest guest that we've ever had on the Jacks Rangers show, checking in from Japan, Bodine, Mr. MVP Waka was able to join us. Really enjoyed talking to him. He was just a joy to interview. So really hope you enjoyed the episode that we have here with Rick Collins, Spider, and Bodine Waka. Kick that MFN mule, baby. Hit that theme music. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil <laughs> Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show, show. I'm joined once again with a very, very special guest. This is our Storm Along unfiltered interview. I didn't grab the can, and I'm kind of tied down to the desk at the moment, so I apologize about, about that. Y'all know what Storm Along looks like. It's absolutely delicious. This time around, we have a very, very special guest. His name is Rick Collins. He is a part of the Jackals Den. Rick, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, one of the things that I love doing is coming on these podcasts, uh, not only to 
represent the Jackal Den and and mm -hmm. the Jackals from a fan perspective, but also just to represent rugby and and the movement that we're having. I think with MLR coming along, we're all we've all been rugby fans for a long time. That's but right. what this means is actually getting MLR and more in particular rugby into the normal community, mm -hmm. getting this out there. We need this media um, opportunity for everybody. So I really appreciate you having me on today. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. I'm really happy you're able to do this. Um, let's talk about where you're from. I'm detecting a bit of a, a um, an accent there, a Texas accent. So I am born and bred in Texas uh, mm -hmm. between Dallas and Houston. Okay. Uh, and then I uh, spent four years in Ohio for a college, which mm. um, I, I wish I had picked up rugby while I was up there. Mm -hmm. uh, it was an opportunity that was uh, presented to me after I quit the uh, football team, but uh, I did not. I picked it up much later. But uh, yes, there's many years of Texan in me. Excellent. Excellent. What is your origin story with rugby? Obviously, you're talking about not being able to play collegiately. Where did you find it? So I had played uh, football in college uh, for two mm -hmm. years in Division Three up in Ohio and uh, quit the team and was looking for something else to do. And obviously there were a bunch of former football players playing rugby uh, mm -hmm. in my school. Uh, they asked me to come out. I said, nah, I don't think so. All my friends played basketball. So I ended up trying out for basketball, making the basketball team, destroying my body. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was my collegiate career. I went to grad school here in Dallas at SMU, okay. uh, found the rugby team at Cox and uh, actually uh, kind of um, rejuvenated it. It had disappeared for a year. And so Ooh. I took it on as a little project and uh, actually still going strong today. Um, they play in several tournaments every year. Um, I coached it for several years after being the club president and captain of the team for a couple of years. And I even coached the undergrad team for five years. Um, nice. So I, I've, I've, I started much later than most people get into rugby, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm still involved. Um, after leaving SMU, I'm now coaching the Alliance Women's Program and uh, hoping to develop the Women's Division Three, which is more like a development program for women's rugby in, in Texas. That's so, awesome. Kurt Good Prop. for you, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I always loved SMU of obviously the colors, you know, uh, free Jacks <laughs> colors as well. And, and the Mustangs yeah. and that iconic logo. I love to play with them on NCAA 14. So that, that is very, very cool. Um, they do the run and gun for sure. It's a fun I, team to play absolutely. with. No defense, absolutely. though. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Heck yeah, man. Um, so that's very, very cool. I love that story, man. You know, you didn't find it in college, but you found it afterwards and you've definitely given back to the game for sure. Um, building up the fan culture there in Dallas. I love all the stuff you got in the background and your jersey looks fantastic. The flag back there. Uh, building up a culture for new teams is critical in the success of a franchise. How are y'all, have y'all done in Dallas and getting the fans engaged? And what is the fan experience like there at Choctaw? Yeah, so um, before we even knew there was going to be a Choctaw, and even before really we knew that there was going to be a Jackals, uh, I had connected with somebody on Reddit and then Facebook um, that was a FC Dallas fan, the local soccer, professional yep. soccer club. And a successful program, successful fan base, um, and a guy who had been in leadership with one of the fan groups over there. And so um, I connected with him. He was also a rugby fan. And I, I happened to have been a season ticket holder for FC Dallas for several years, so I knew him. Mm -hmm. And um, we started putting together kind of the beginning touches of what would become the Jackal Den. I had a friend develop the logo that you can see over my shoulder here on the flag. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that we wouldn't be, you know, using the Jackals logo. We have our own logo. Right. We can print whatever we want with it, um, do our own merchandising and everything, which is is really awesome. The club is mm-hmm. working with us on that. But um, it started as just several of us getting together and uh, wanting to start something on social media. Yes. And um, I happen to, with many years of playing with the Dallas Harlequins locally, I know many, many, many of the um, men's club rugby players in the DFW mm-hmm. area. And um, via coaching, I know now more. And so I've kind of used those friendships to bring people onto our group mm-hmm. to begin with. And now we're reaching out, especially to the Argentinian community uh, nice. recently. Beautiful. <laughs> um, we'd love to see some other South American countries, you know, bring players up. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the Pumitas when I can get them. Um, but, uh, really it started out just as that as social media. And then, um, just through, uh, the Jackals starting their season, we started putting together organizing events, uh, watch parties for away matches. Um, we are still in the progress in process of developing a kind of a travel group, um, and organizing that in a better way this season. Mm -hmm. And then also obviously, Pre-game and post-game uh, drink-ups. Pre-game has been fairly successful. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more people out. One of the things that uh, we're working with the club on doing is doing tailgating. We are currently in Choctaw Stadium, as you mentioned, which used mm-hmm. to be uh, the Rangers Stadium, still owned by the Rangers. So they okay. lease it out to teams. The XFL is now moving in. Mm-hmm. They have minor league soccer. They also host uh, high school football uh, playoff games. So wow. it's a fairly like they're keeping it busy. They still do some concerts occasionally. Interesting. Um, but the one thing that is troublesome about that when you have a big stadium like that, especially surrounded mm-hmm. by the other stadiums out in Ireland. So if you don't know, Choctaw is surrounded by the AT&T Stadium, which is Cherry World or the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Okay. Literally yep. Share parking lots and share <laughs> hotels and everything. And then literally right across the street is the new Ranger Stadium. So you've got this area right there, and then you have Six Flags, which is right around the corner. So Hmm. there's a lot of uh, uh, controlling issues over, for example, parking. That leads to issues of tailgating. So the Rangers were not letting us tailgate last year. Mm -hmm. So people were... Just for clarification, that's the Texas Rangers, not the Jacks Rangers. Just want to throw that in there. (laughs) I heard Rangers, and I was like, wait a minute, what's that? Baseball. Baseball club, yes. And (laughs) so um, we are working with the Jackals on potentially getting an organized tailgate set up, at least for the first match, uh, and potentially going forward. So that's very exciting for us. So uh, Choctaw, yes, it's gigantic. It's (laughs) way too big for rugby, but you know what? if the Rangers are part owners and they want to allow us to play in there, it's really not bad. It's not a bad fan experience. So you see it on TV and I would say from TV, the rugby on the field looks okay. It's a little far away, but it looks okay. Uh, But the stadium looks very empty. I've watched the matches, replays and things like that. It looks very empty. When you're there, they have all the fans in this one kind of box section that they built in the outfield. And it doesn't feel empty. It feels pretty crowded. So it's okay. actually a great experience once you're in the stadium. Uh, the problem of parking, getting into the stadium mm-hmm. uh, could be better, but it's not terrible. I've been to stadiums that are worse. 
Um, and I would say that um, we're going to get to this question later, but um, a smaller stadium, I do think, would be better right. for our level of rugby at this point. I'll tell you, Rick, it's a it's a, a big time theme out of all of these correspondence videos that we've been doing. Is stadium is number one for everybody that we talk I'm to. <laughs> It's it's pretty wild. I don't know if you've been down to Houston yet, but I think they have an ideal situation, at least from uh, a size perspective. It's a rugby-specific stadium. It's still the only one that exists. And I really hope that in the coming years that there's more than just Houston that have that rugby-specific stadium. Yes, I, I, I make it a point. It's, it's a go-to. Every year since MLR mm -hmm. has started, I've seen a match in Houston. Yes. Now, I didn't get to see um, a match one year because – as we were driving down, they decided to move the game to New Orleans. Wow. Like the day before the game or something like that. They decided to move it to New Orleans and have, have New Orleans host it for whatever reason. Damn. So New Orleans hosted, I think, and did it. No, no, wait a minute. Okay, so New Orleans is in the east. Houston was in the west. So it was going to be a home match for Houston. became a home match for New Orleans. Gotcha. Um, and that was because okay. the field wasn't quite ready yet. Apparently, they had rain, and it just wasn't playable. Hmm. Uh, so that was disappointing, but I've seen the match down there every year, and it's an it's an absolutely phenomenal stadium. Um, we talk about it all the time. That is what we want in Dallas. We want yes. a stadium that is our own, that we can allow other clubs, for example, the you know D one clubs around the area, D two, D three, no matter, to play some matches, you know, opener opener matches, or mm -hmm. even to do some training on maybe side fields or something like that. But yes. uh, it, it, when we we met with the new Jackals um, um, management group, and that was like number two or three on the list of what we would love to see is having that, uh, you know, stadium that is rugby specific, mm -hmm. that is the right size, that's easy to get in out of, that was yes. easy to get drinks and food, and has that rugby atmosphere that we all love. Love that, man. I mean, it's, you know, one thing is obviously the, the revenue has to be there for a team to invest in, you know, millions and millions of dollars, but also the stability needs to be there as well. I mean, Dallas is a new team. <laughs> it would it would be awesome, you know, if they, if they were would like, be lovely. yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be awesome if it would, if, if they were like, yeah, let's do it now. But I kind of get why they would be like, well, let's hold off for a little bit on that, um, at least for the time being. Uh, let's move over to uh, Dallas's performance last year. I mean, everybody knows the story. Dallas comes into the league. They didn't have the opportunity of a dispersal draft, right? I mean, I'm, I think you guys might be a little envious of uh, Chicago at this point based on uh, what looks like their team is going to be. But Dallas finished the regular season in fifth place in the Western Conference with four points, uh, zero Look, you wins. Can, you can say it. It was last. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I, you know, as I'm reading through this, you guys weren't the worst in terms of actual technicalities. And when you look at the table <laughs> from last year, that is due to Austin and LA's naughtiness, if we will, uh, for a disqualification. Remind, yeah. Uh, just to give your overall thoughts on Dallas's first year in MLR. I mean, yeah, what, you know, it, it started off promising. Um, mm -hmm. The loss to Houston was really tough. Um, yep. They actually played well out in San Diego, I think, to believe, uh, to uh, begin the season. Mm -hmm. um, and that was promising. I think when we all watched that, we thought, okay, like we might win some games. There, I would say going into the season, we were not um, high on just the level of play and skill that this team was going to have from day mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I know Elaine, uh, she called me in to help out with the women's program at the Harlequins uh, right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing her, I knew this was really a long-term project um, in her eyes in developing a team that had a lot of youth, but a lot of American, uh, you know, potential Eagles on it. And um, unfortunately, you know, one, there wasn't enough skill. And I love the players to death, Mm -hmm. but the level of play of MLR in general was just above what the group of players that we had. And that's fine. Like we kind of knew this was going to be a really tough season, but we saw flashes from some players, especially young players. Um, I think it would have really have helped if we had kept together the team that was drafted initially a year before. Yes. We did have a dispersal draft and we did get some good players from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, if we had been able to keep those players together, do what New England did, do what DC did, and mm-hmm. just play some, you know, uh, some friendly matches um, and uh, then, you know, get build team building exercises, right? Yes build the team for a year before starting the season the next year. Right. So I, there was just a lot of disruption there. Um, And then with COVID and everything that made it more difficult. And then what happened obviously um, with the accident that occurred um, that definitely hurt. Now they did end up having to bring a bunch of players in. Um, New England was uh, frequent trade partners with you guys, helping (laughs) you out. Frequent trade partners with just about everybody. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But the biggest issue that we had also was not getting our head coach over. So we had an Australian uh, coach that was supposed to come over, and uh, right before the basically a week before season started, um, we found out that he wasn't going to be available uh, because of visa issues. And so Elaine had to step in and be the head coach and the GM for the entire season, which Look, she's an amazingly smart and skilled rugby mind and person, mm-hmm. but that is a lot to take on, of um, in your, especially in your first year of doing it at that level. Yeah. So, um, you know, props to her for for doing it and sticking it out and um, a really bad situation that it ended up, you know, winless. And then she um, being removed as they bring in an entirely new team. Yeah. But um, I, I love what we saw from a lot of the young players, Napowski, even Gray had a, had a, had some really good moments. Um, Campbell Johnstone really showed out. Um, I, everybody saw what he did with the Raptors for several years, but I, I think there were a lot of people who questioned whether he was really good enough to play at an MLR level. I mm-hmm. absolutely, he's, he can play at the MLR level. I think it's more just finding him the right position. Um, Bronson Tellus, obviously everybody knows that he's an extremely high skilled player. It was mm-hmm. just a matter of finding the right role for him. He actually had a very good season. I think, uh, Tommy Medeiros, who was a crossover athlete, um, out of the American Raptors, um, had a really good season as a backup prop. And I'm, from my understanding, he won't be returning, which is really sad. I think well, he was a bummer, a yeah. that had, he had, uh, Eagle, I think written all over him, uh, no still kidding. Did. Um, so you had all this young talent, and I, I think once we get to the next topic, it's going to be kind of sad to say that a lot of it's not going to be returning. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. Um, in terms, it, it's crazy. I had forgotten about all of just the mishaps that had taken place for you guys prior to the season even uh, season even starting. I mean, it was just punch after punch for you guys. I mean, uh, I, I don't want I don't want to say necessarily I feel bad, but dang, that's a lot to to deal with. And you know, uh, I, I I imagine that you know it was just almost a nightmare scenario, but what you're talking about is there a lot of young talent that came through. You guys saw some players that, you know, you could build on and stuff like that. So that's encouraging. Uh, I will say that in terms of the future and, you know, while we should be positive about Dallas is they did have seven picks and the collegiate draft <laughs> this year, yeah. including the number one overall pick, Sam Gola. Out yes. of Cal. Uh, talk about some of surprise, these guys. I mean, surprise, a top pick coming out of Cal. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jack, Jack's been put, has put together an amazing program out there, obviously, course, yeah. um, you know, um, and, and I would say now that um, there's a much better position for drafting in general because mm-hmm. of um, a lot of uh, programs really stepping up. Lindenwood, obviously yes. life, yep. um, St. Mary's um, mm-hmm. Davenport. So there's so many good programs to pick players from. Um, and then you think about all the programs that really don't get uh, presented you know, with those opportunities, there's so many other kids that are out there. I coached some that uh, have opportunities that um, just aren't available because they don't, mm-hmm. the, the community isn't big enough to present them in the right light to get them, you know, sure. drafted in those situations. So um, I know, you know, we drafted seven players. Um, I don't see a lot of them starting based on some of the signings we've had. Mm-hmm. Um Sam is an extremely high motor, high skill flanker. Now, um, we have one of those, Bronson Tellis, um, who does a lot of work around the field. Mm-hmm. Um, is he coming in to learn from Bronson? Are they going to try and move him to lock? Which, please, God, no. Um, <laughs> I love Bronson playing lock just because he is strong. But his, his true position is at flank. And um, I hope that they can find a way to get him there. Um, Gola is going to get a lot of minutes this year. I don't know that he starts. Um, it's going to be really hard to start on this team unless, um, you have Argentinian blood. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of time. He's a guy that, um, you know, uh, is probably on the radar for Eagles pretty quickly here in the next Mm -hmm. couple of years. So, um, the, the draft class is maybe not as strong overall as last year, but there's some really interesting uh, picks in here. Um, you know, I, I wonder what Kyle Fulton can do at this level. Okay. Um, now, he was a wing. Uh, to me, he, he pictures more as a center. Um, okay. But I'm really curious to see what they do with him. Um, the other pick that I really liked um, – was uh i'm sorry i'm blanking on it no you're good man um let me find him <laughs> oh ethan hager the uh canadian so okay. second pick in the first round uh played for the vikes yes uh, in college and uh he's a, you know he's one of these bc products and uh, bc is now joining uh the new uh super rugby americas or whatever they're calling it now Yes. Um, and there's a lot of talent over there that I think hadn't quite been fully kind of picked from mm-hmm. and um, really like his skill set. I actually think he's a 15 in development, but um, I think they're probably looking at him as maybe an outside center or a wing. Okay. Um, I, to me, outside of that, 
there's some players in there that that might get playing time. Uh, Karamudi obviously is Argentinian, so maybe he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see him really as more development uh, type player. Um, outside of that, um, I thought the draft actually just overall was better than it was last year. We got an extra round, so we got to sit and have an, another beer or so. But uh, the production value of it was much higher than it was yes, last year. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Really excited I was, to see that. I was on with the rugby rant the entire time, and we were watching it. I was pretty impressed with the – you know, it's just going to continue to grow, and, and it's very exciting for the league for sure. Yeah. So, um, I, th- you know, obviously we have to have these draft picks because we need the American uh, blood – uh, yes. based on the signings we have, if you want to move on to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, actually, let's talk about departures first uh, okay. before we get to sure. anything else. Who are some of the names that will be missed by y'all this coming season? Well, I know a lot of the crossover players will not be back. Um, unfortunately, uh, it sounds like Medeiros is not going to be back. Um, Phillips will not be back. Um Sean Clark will not be back. I believe he's going to be continuing with the American Raptors playing in the Super Rugby's America okay. uh, or Super Rugby Americas or whatever the heck they're calling it. Yeah, now. whatever they're calling it now. Not I'm slar. It's not slar anymore. Yeah, it's not slar anymore. It's like Super Rugby. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't got a lawsuit from uh, Super Rugby in the Southern Hemisphere there, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, they're clearly pulling on uh, that connection. Yeah. For, um, yes. Obviously – the trade, uh, Kale Hodgson going to New Orleans. I thought he was really good last year when they brought him in, I believe, from Austin. No, former Free Jack. Uh, oh, Free is, Jack, is, okay. Yeah, he was drafted in the first round of not this most recent, but the last year's uh, okay. draft. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he St. Mary's? Uh, no, Lindenwood. Yep. Lindenwood, okay. Okay. Yep. And uh, I really liked, you know, what he brought. He was brought in, I think, kind of mid-season after, yes. after the accident happened. Um, so, losing him – you know, in the centers, we'll see if that, you know, affects us at all. But bringing in Devro Ferris, an experienced scrum half, um, hard to argue with that, um, except that that means that Carlo is no longer going to be a jackal this season. And that's mm-hmm. sad because I do have a beautiful Carlo Denison um, jersey hung here on my wall with a program signed by him. Nice. So um, that will be a rare commodity. I think there that may be the only one that's in existence. So, <laughs> so I've got that going for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a game used jersey, but it does have his number on the back. So there you go. Um, and then uh we also I don't know that any of the English guys are gonna be back. So um okay. Trender, I believe, is is moving into retirement slash coaching. Mm-hmm. Um Pinnell, uh, there's been no news on him, which I think is bad. Yeah. Um we, I think we would have heard if he was returning, and then uh Gleeman Bauer um from what I've heard, are not returning. I have no confirmation on that, but I have no confirmation that they are returning. So uh, most of my my knowledge is either I know people are returning, the people that are returning, and then I know the new signings. So um, I know that Tucci will be coming back. So in the front row, that's that's good to keep him on. Um, but uh, all all the English guys are going. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about Calvin Gentry. Um, I'd love to see Mo come back. Um, obviously a great back row player, um, but I have not heard anything about him. Okay. And then um, the other players, uh, Dylan James, I've not heard anything. Uh, Decord Davis, I've reached out. I've not heard any anything on him. I don't believe Christian Adams will be coming back. Um, and former then, Free Jack uh, yeah, prior to MLR. Yeah, free, free Jack. And then uh, Ned Hodson. 
Um, I, I've not heard anything there. I do not believe he will be back. And then Chad London, I believe, is retiring from MLR rugby. Mm, okay. um, now he had a he has a full time job that's um, I I think a bit more profitable than playing rugby, and he is at the age where he's probably ready. Um, I'd be curious to see if he decides to play some D one or to coach. Okay. Also, um, you know, it's, a, it's the kind of guy who doesn't want to give up on playing, but also isn't going to play full time. Yeah, uh, it's one of those uh, early league problems that they that, that people run into in leagues where, like, uh, you know, players, a lot of these guys are very, very smart and they have degrees and they're very, very successful people and they can do other things making a lot more money. So, right. They, you know. And then um, I've heard Matt Frings will be returning, but I've heard uh, Romaine uh, will not be returning and Kelly, I have not heard probably not returning mm-hmm. um and then i don't know about any of the, the other dev players i would guess that they're not returning unfortunately i did see connor robinson at the most recent kit launch for the free jacks so i i think he would i'm assuming that he might not be back with dallas i know he was yeah. traded to you guys uh, for a period of time there but uh you know he is a bc uh, boston college well coach. and there quite a few of those players that were traded were actually mm-hmm. on loan Right. Okay. Well, yep. They were they were meant to go back to their to their uh, their con contracted um, parent club. Yeah. Club. Sure. Yeah. yeah. When when the season ended, so I'm not totally surprised with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am surprised that they're bringing back anybody. And the the next piece of that is the fact that there's a complete turnover in coaching and in management. Right. Um, of the club. And that's really the biggest story, obviously, I think for the off season for us is uh, bringing in a Argentinian GM. Yes. Um, they cleaned house on the um, management side. So president's new uh, VP ticket sales is new. Uh, social media person is new. Um, RIP Kelsey. Wow. She's still with <laughs> us. She just, <laughs> we loved her. She was the best. And so we're sad yeah, to she- see her go. Um, and then, um, uh, basically, uh, you know, all the rugby people are, are, are new. I know they're bringing back, um, Natoko. I'm probably butchering, butchering his name, but, um, our strength and conditioning coach who ended up playing in okay. the last four matches and scoring a try. <laughs> nice. <laughs> legendary stuff right there. Probably. Very legendary. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to see that he'll be back. I'm guessing he won't be back as a player this year. He'll be back as a coach. So um, I think it's more about the turnover than it is about who's returning at this point. You know, ultimately, it sounds like, you know, Dallas has made the choice and it's a smart choice, right? If you don't win any games, you have to look up and down, you know, the staff and the players and say, we got to make some choices here about folks. I mean, we can't continue that type of um, losing streak. You don't want it to be a part of your culture. And especially with this league being so new and, you know, Dallas being a new market. Um, you know, you have to have some type of winner, whether it be, you know, it, you know, you could have a situation where they're lovable losers, but you can't just have them be losers, losers. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to sell tickets. So no. I, I understand the, 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 the shift and what has happened. And we're going to get into it here in a moment is an Argentinian invasion. 
Argentina, <laughs> you know, uh, the best of the Americas, for those that may not be aware, I'm sure most people understand that, that they are a powerhouse on this side of the world, but also just in the world in general with rugby. So, you know, going that direction and trying to get those guys in here, it's a smart move from that perspective. And, you know, I'll let you take over with the retained and in the incoming players. Um, who, the, who should the Rangers here on our end be aware of that's coming in for Dallas? Definitely. So uh, the biggest signing just happened recently. Um, we basically got their third choice uh, fly half coming. Nice. Uh, Martin um, Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been playing with the Pumitas as their starting fly half uh, for the last couple of years. Um, wow. and it's still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's got a lot of miles on his wheels. And, um, you know, that, that then tells me, because I still had Adrian um, coming back to play fly half, um, maybe he's not returning in that case. And so um, that'll be interesting because we, we were really dynamic with um, um, Adrian at fly half and Carlo mm-hmm. at scrum half. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't know that Pedro and um, and Martin have played together at all because Pedro's like, 35 or something he's, wow. he's been around the block for a while he's uh, getting up there yeah but he's an experienced scrum half uh knows the game um you know didn't play a lot at top level but he's he's played plenty at a high enough level to run an mlr side so mm-hmm. um i mean obviously there's gonna be a lot of spanish book in those because um we're gonna take advantage of those 10 spots with 10 argentinians that's almost for sure um, looking at props, we traded with Houston, and we got Juan Pablo Zeiss and um, uh, Maroni. Okay. And I'm um, uh, sorry. Yeah, Marcos Maroni. That's right. And he was playing. I think he was playing a bit of fullback for Houston at the end of the season. Really? Huh. Um, it be interesting to see if he fits in at outside uh, center or if, or if they put him at fullback. Um, I know that we. Drafted Tom Mitchell in the um, dispersal draft, but I mean, based on the signings that have been occurring recently, I'm not sure what that means because <laughs> right. almost everybody that's been picked, unless they are picked by Chicago, seems to be uh, going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he actually comes here or not. Um, it'd be interesting to see Tom Mitchell, an Englishman, replaces an Englishman at fullback for us. Um, Could be worse, yeah. <laughs> the biggest signings, obviously, are, uh, I mean, bringing in a ton of Argentinians, so Right. And some of them very young. Like, we're not getting a bunch of, you know, elderly guys who are looking for retirement. Mm-hmm. We're looking for guys who are trying to boost their stock with uh, the national team. Uh, so, Joaquin Horchata, um, who transitioned from playing hooker to prop. Um, and then, obviously, I mentioned the um, trade for Juan Pablo's ice, which I he's he's a stud. Um, and if you can get any of the Houston type five, you should, oh, yeah. you should go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. One of the best type five in the league, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second rows where where we're uh, uh, kind of empty right now. Bronson's the only returning player that I'm aware of um, at second row. Um, Mike Matrazo is signed with Chicago. Um, Leonard's. I don't believe is returning. Um, and that's pretty much all we had at lock last year. Um, we were really light. Um, now we did draft in the dispersal draft, Langy Langy Hapawuki, um, who's been with the USA Eagles. Um, he's really a back row player. He's an eight. He's a, you know, just a, a big mean runner. 
We love so, those guys. Yeah. Uh, like you, you have to have one. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if Adrian Boyson is coming back from Namibia. Uh, it'd be good to have him returning. Uh, Michael DeWall was in the dispersal draft, but I've heard rumors he will not be putting on a jackal's kit. So okay. that's disappointing because um, I had him penciled as a captain. Wow. Um, okay. Nolan Buckley uh, draft pick, um, and then Sam Gola in the in the draft is back row, um, yep. and then scrum half, um, Pedro Imoff as I uh, mentioned, and uh, Devro Ferris, Tom Brusati maybe returning, may not, um, and then we have um, Alejandro Torres returning. He actually he was in the draft um, in the second round, I believe, and he actually showed a lot. I would actually be really curious about him playing fullback. I'm wondering if they think something similar. Um, and then we signed uh, – a, here's where all the Argentinians start. So you got um, Martin Elias. Um, we have Geronimo Gomez-Vara, uh, um, a center. Um, and then uh, Thomas Milanos, an Argentinian center slash wing. Um, we have 11 Argentinians – um, on the side right now, and that's based on eligibility, wow. current eligibility. Yes. Some of those may change because of their age and you know what they're looking to do, um, especially the two college kids from the last couple of drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, they may end up deciding to stay and and do their five years and become an uh, you know American citizen and playing for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They may decide they want to play for Argentina. Don't know at this point. And yeah. then we have thirteen uh, USA eligible players. Uh, two Englishmen, two Canadians, one Namibian, one Australian, and one South African. So you can see we're very heavy Argentina. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if Spanish will be the you know top language spoken on the field, but I wouldn't be surprised. We're all st- starting to uh, practice our Spanish around here, though. Perfect. Good. Great idea for sure. I mean, I, I always thought like prior to the South African invasion of Houston to try to turn that franchise around, I was like, why don't they just go after these Argentinian players? Because listen, it's less travel time to get back home, right? And Spanish is spoken a lot in yeah. uh, Texas. So it seems like they could market to that. But you guys have, you know, went ahead and said, we'll we'll help with that. You know what I'm saying? So oh, actually- I Houston is the top, like top three in terms of cities in the U.S. in terms yes. of Argentinian expats. Right. Uh, New York being number one, New York is like number one for most Latin, um, especially South American mm-hmm. uh, country expats. But uh, Houston um, is tops in Texas, but Texas itself is number five in the country for Argentinian expats. Uh, wow. Florida, California, New York, New Jersey being the four above. So. There's plenty of Argentinian expats here. Uh, there's also expats from just about everywhere. DFW is a huge stinking metroplex. But right. um, there's not just an Argentinian group, high group. As you mentioned, there's a huge Latin you know, sure. culture in, yes. in not only Texas, but Dallas. And mm-hmm. um, just, you know, getting those, you know, Los Jackals or Vamos Los Jackals or whatever. Hell yeah. uh, shirts out there. I, I won't be surprised when I see the first one. I, I can't wait, man. That's super cool. I think it's awesome that you guys have that little bit of Argentinian identity. Um, I think that that will serve you well for sure. Uh, I think the club really needs to lean into that a little bit. Uh, as, long, as long as it's a winning Argentinian mix. Like, I, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the biggest part, though, is right, is Houston brings in all the South Amer- African players. Mm-hmm. But look at the management group they brought in, and yes. they've – 
I believe already created an identity for themselves in the way that they play. And it appears that they're just going to kind of build upon that. Right. That's what we need to do. Like we yes. need to determine what our identity is going to be and then build mm -hmm. upon that. And if it's the Argentinian kind of uh, everybody does everything on the field and uh, you know, kind of, it's not really champagne rugby, but it's, it's, it's somewhere in there and then mix that mm -hmm. in with very clean, disciplined uh, set yeah. pieces. I, yeah. I would love to see that. So yeah, I'm not I mean, going to argue with it at all. I mean, that's a winning formula. If you, if you don't believe me, just look how Ar well Argentina is doing in the entire yeah. world. Um, you know, that formula does work, obviously. And I, and I hope it is successful for Dallas because ultimately as a free Jacks fan, like Dallas losing all the time, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but at the same time, and you look as just an MLR fan, we shouldn't have teams that lose every single game in a season. Like that should not take place for the health of the league and the health of that market for sure. So I do pull for you guys to, to get a couple wins. I think, I think this last year may be the last year that a team goes winless in MLR. I think we're at the stage mm -hmm. where you're not going to have an Austin. You're not going to have a Dallas like they right. were. Uh, there's too much attention now on MLR worldwide. Yes. And I think there's a lot of players that are like going, Oh man, like winless. And they watch the games and they're like, dang, they're like, I would like to play like that. And right. how are they losing? Um, I don't I don't think that's going to happen again. I think even as we get new teams in, um, there's a lot more talent interested in coming over. And I think there's mm -hmm. a lot more talent being developed. I think yes. we do have – there's definitely, like, a top, right? We, we can't – they talked about getting to, like, 30 teams by 2031. This is, like, insane. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we get 16 teams – Mm -hmm. Eight teams in each division playing consistent schedules and, uh, you know, for two or three years, you're going to see the parity really come out. Um, sure. I think you're going to you're going to see players realize, you know, I'm not really going to get time here at this club. So I'm going to go to this other place and mm -hmm. it's going to be just as good of an experience being there. Yeah. And they're going to get playing time. I think the biggest problem we have right now is you have the owner, certain owners who were slipping money. They got caught. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, causing a flood of players to those teams and maybe players going away from teams that they otherwise would have gone to. Right. Um, and so you did see some teams struggle, especially Dallas, obviously, with everything that mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. I, I think that the league is, is getting too big in terms of just popularity to really um, to end up having another team that goes winless. It's possible. But I just I think that you're going to see a lot more parity in the next two or three years. Mm -hmm. In terms of expansion teams, you would assume that it would be an expansion team that goes winless going forward, but I don't think that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Chicago but look what this Chicago's going to get here. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we saw the dispersal draft. Everybody got to see it. I mean, that yeah. if they were able to sign every single one of those players, they'd probably be in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they're not going to sure. sign all those players. Obviously, right. we've already seen two or three of those players sign elsewhere, but they're still going to get a very good team, and they have mm -hmm. one of the best coaches in the league based that's on. Right you know, experience from last year, same errors. So they're not going to be a bad team. They are not going to roll over for anybody. Nope. Um, I'd be su extremely surprised if they went winless next year. Yeah, that definitely won't happen. Uh, I would I would bet the house on it for sure. On that. <laughs> but uh, let's talk, let's move for, uh, back to some silly questions here. Um, let's say you win the lottery today uh, and tomorrow you buy the Dallas Jackals. 
What is the first thing that you do to make a club better? I think I know your answer already. But <laughs> tell it out the, for me. The answer of every leader of every fan group, which is buy property, build a proper rugby stadium and yep. rugby experience for fans to come in and players to get the best out of their performance. Um, yep. It's number one. Yep. I mean, I want the players to be at their best and I want the fans to have a easy and great experience coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it You don't even have to have that much. I think that's the biggest thing is, um, yeah, you can throw a bunch of entertainment and everything at it and have Alexis Texas in the stadium <laughs> and stuff like that. But if you don't have the stuff that, you know, simple stuff for kids, face painting and yes. balloon animals. And I mean, it doesn't cost that much money. It's just a matter of, of organization and, yes. um, and making it easy for fans to get beer and get food. I mean, that number one, easy. I, right away, I'd do that. I like the answer for sure. It is very similar to what we've heard in the past. But I think, you know, we're all thinking the same thing. And it's just uh, make sure that the stadium is, you know, top notch for the rugby experience in the United States. Make the fan experience better. I think a lot of people uh, agree with that, that it makes a lot of sense that that's the route that people would go. Um, the next one is let's give you the GM hat. Let's say tomorrow the owner of Dallas calls you and says, Rick, I want you to take over as the GM. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> uh, the GM, GM goodies for the Jackals. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, what's your so- first move? What position do you strengthen, and what do you real? Who do you realistically bring in to do that? Well, I think the the first. Uh, now we've seen. Uh, I, I you know it's hard for me to argue with who they brought in to coach. So I, I think I'm leaving the coaching staff. Sure. Uh, together, um, I would I would bring in a. I mean, let's. Not not necessarily shooting for the moon, but somebody like Joe Marler, who comes in right yeah. away, sets the pack. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you're going to have a strong scrum. It's good lifter in the lineouts. He's he he knows what he's doing around the field. Somebody like that that just comes in and sets a tone. Yeah. And not only that on the field, but off the field stuff. Of mm-hmm. he raises the recognition of rugby in the community. He's uh, out a thousand there. Thousand percent. I mean, yeah. doing crazy stuff and not crazy yeah. in a bad way. Right. Yep. Crazy in a fun way. Like, I mean, I yep. saw the picture of him dressed up in drag. Like what rugby players do that? But that's amazing. Yeah. Like yes. he, he's he's very just kind of willing to kind of experience everything, do everything, be a character. Yes. He comes in dressed crazy at games. But like now now that's a me- he's a media sensation. Right. So he's mm-hmm. bringing more attention yep. to himself, but also the sport and the team and the, and the London Harlequins, which happen to be my favorite team. But. Um, somebody like that, I think would be, and you could name probably 10, 15 players around the world that have that kind of, uh, pull, mm-hmm. um, and ability. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll just go Joe Marler. I think that's an excellent pick, you know, previously, not this year's most recent dream signing for the show, but the one prior to it, I put him as like an honorary mention and we put it like brackets together and he won the whole damn thing. And by the way, he liked every single post that we had of him on there. So the guy is in tune with social media. He has his own show. He would absolutely elevate just, just make people aware of the Dallas Jackals. I could see him coming over and doing like a documentary about it. You know, his yeah, experience in the United absolutely. States, you could have him on social media, like with the other Argentinian players, like, um, like learning Spanish and it would be hilarious, right? Like there's so much you could do with Joe Mahler and that's yes. just off the pitch on the pitch. You know, he's getting a little bit uh, long in the tooth, but he would still come in and for MLR, like, for for MLR, MLR, he'd be top five, right? Yeah. You know, immediately. 
immediately. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think that'd be a home run pick for sure. Um, you know, you guys are a little bit thin at lock, as you were saying. So there's, there's, there's yeah. some things out there as well that you could pick up. But I think Joe I, I Marlowe think, would be great. I think he can go find uh, some locks. Obviously, yes. you know, bring in somebody like um, 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 I'm blanking on uh, uh, the uh, South African lock. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name. Picture him um, in my head. Are you talking uh, about the one in Dallas? Oh, no, excuse me. The one in Atlanta? No, 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 no. The okay. the six the six eight guy. Um, he was playing for the for uh the national team during the oh, okay. World Cup, and I, I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh, not the guy who signed with the Sharks, but another play. Anyway, he's a younger player, and he was on my list of man. I'd love to see this guy over here, mm-hmm. especially last year when we were extremely light in the locks. And now looking at what we're looking at now, um, I, I would love to see some Argentinian locks come in or. Absolutely. Even some Uruguayan, like let's let's go other South American countries, sure, right? Why I mean, not? Uruguay, uh, Chile, Chile just yeah. bring over the Spanish speakers. Like mm-hmm. you know, that just brings in a whole nother community that we can access absolutely um for fandom. So yeah, I love that. I'll throw a lock name out there that you guys could probably go and get realistically would be Richie Gray. Uh tall Scottish lock. You know, he's getting a little bit long in the two, yeah. so I think he would be fantastic to come over to the United States. Um, so that, I think that would be a good one. But let's talk about real quick here. Um, Dallas's away schedule. Um, what is the one away trip that you would like to go to uh, for 2023 that you haven't been to yet, perhaps, or just have something circled that you'd like to get out uh, of the house and go to? Yeah, so Chicago is definitely uh, everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying Chicago. And, Love it. And I have different reasons. Maybe I went to school up in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. And so Chicago was really the fun big city we could drive to. I mean, yep. you could go to Cleveland or Columbus and Columbus is fine. Um, but Chicago is really the big fun city to go to when you're in that area of the world. Sure. And um, I also have a good friend who lives up there. Um, and then um, I've been offered uh, to stay at somebody's house who's in the rugby community up there. So um, th- there would be a lot of reasons why Chicago would be a fun place to go. For sure. I wonder what their um, their fan experience and their their stadium atmosphere will be like in that first year. Um, I think that would be definitely one for the future for myself. Uh, I'm going to Seattle this year. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. But in the future, there's so many awesome destinations for future years that I'm going to be looking at. New Orleans and Dallas will be good. I've got family in Houston. I would love to visit Houston with that rugby-specific stadium. I think that would be like a Graceland moment for me to see – Professional rugby played at a rugby-specific stadium. I think that would be awesome. But uh, let's move over to Bozo's questions. Bozo is a frequent contributor, an outrider, if you will, to the show. He's got some silly ones here. At least the second one is. The first one's very serious, and I think you know this is something that could definitely happen. I definitely think that you guys will win games. But looking at the 23 schedule for Dallas, when does that first win in franchise history happen? You know, strange enough, as I was looking at it, I think I think they got a real shot against Houston in the first week. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Houston is not necessarily rebuilding, but they've lost a few pieces. Um, yep. Obviously, I think they're going to be better, but I think they might underestimate how much better Dallas is. Gotcha. And so I think that's they the Jackals. If they're smart, they need to jump on that first match and get a win early, get the confidence up, so that we're competitive against. Seattle in week two or week three, I guess. And then after that, like if going to Chicago, that might be tough. 
Um, mm-hmm. Home against Toronto, maybe a good opportunity to get a win against Toronto early in the season. Obviously, yep. we know Toronto has a hell early schedule, and so taking advantage of that in you know in our in our fourth match, uh, those are going to be the opportunities to get wins because it gets tough after that. Correct. And the West is the West is tough. I know the East has yeah. some very good teams. Yes, but like going to Utah, going to Seattle, going to San Diego are yep. that's that's a murderer's row right there, my friend. Really that's bad. Tough. Like our yep. away, I think I think it's more like our home matches are definitely winnable, but mm-hmm. we don't have like uh, anything. We're not like high up in the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing about coming to Dallas that's difficult. We have like the biggest international airport in the country. So it's not like you're going to go through the airport and have a hell of a time getting right. into the airport and doing anything. It's it's everything's very comfy around here. So mm-hmm. I, you know, playing at home is not a huge advantage as it might be like Utah's home advantage. It's got to be the oh, biggest yeah. in the league, right? Just because you're altitude, yeah, the altitude. Um, and so I, we've got to get wins early, and we've got to take advantage of some close away matches like going to Houston. Um, going to Atlanta, maybe. Um, other than that, it, I mean, we're playing at y'all, um, in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be at, loud. It's gonna be cold. In June. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be fun in terms of like those sorts of things where we're mm-hmm. playing at some really hard teams. Yeah, and and we don't have a huge home advantage yet. Uh, but I do think that we can win some of those early matches when people aren't expecting us to be good. Um, but the team needs to come together pretty quick now. I think mean, it's the biggest challenge. It's like, are all these Argentinians yeah. here? Because if they're it's not, a, we're in trouble. Right. Oh, for sure. You got to get some sort of really decent uh, preseason program going for sure. And, and they even maybe play some other teams, you know, to get that, get that uh, yeah. good start to the season. Anything. And, yeah. and we do have close teams like Houston, New Orleans are not terribly far away and we've right. had good relationships with them. Uh, so I don't see why we wouldn't be able to get some preseason games in. But, I mean, we're coming up on it now. Uh, yeah. The player I was thinking about earlier was R.G. Snyman. Um, he, he would be a great lock to bring in. Gotcha. He's actually – it's listen at 6'9", 258 pounds. Like, that's – those are the boys we need to bring in. Yeah. That, I <laughs> mean, you can't – get him, though. <laughs> you can't coach height. I think it might be a little bit unrealistic to get that guy. But, I mean, that would be an excellent addition uh, to the <laughs> Dallas Jackals and just MLR in general for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, let's talk about. So, is there a nightclub balcony ban after last year's incident? Is that I, a? I think, I think the biggest problem with that is that we have an entirely new management team. So, yeah. whether they're aware of that or not is one question. I, I hope somebody let them know. At least whether what they have was. the same concerns that we have or not right. is a whole nother question. For sure. Uh, but I, I, I think that there will be a closer eye on what the guys are doing um outside um uh, the facilities um i know that you know that was a like team building exercise oh is that uh, right and it was really a freak accident so it's hard right. to see yeah, like yeah, yeah. To keep them away from doing stuff like that but sure they they definitely need to early and often work on team building because language mm-hmm. barriers is is a real thing absolutely for sure it is. So, yeah. and, and, you know, we've got a great coaching staff. So I think it's it's not going to be the coaching staff that's going to struggle with this. I think it's going to be the players on the field making those quick decisions and being able to communicate them. That's that's where the, that preseason of yes. just getting to know each other is so important. 
Absolutely. I and I'm so jealous of the Free Jacks getting that opportunity of having an, almost an entire year to prepare for that first season. And it showed. Yeah, it helped a, a little bit for sure. I mean, I think what the Free Jacks are really good at is that they do these these team bonding stuff. The, the locker room seems so united. Uh, and that's you know, for people that like poo poo that or whatever. It's all about what happens on the pitch. That is not the case always. I mean, you can have a bunch of talented guys out there and they're just going to run past people and that's all well and good. But when the game's on the line, you need to be able to trust each other and stuff yep. like that. So team chemistry and stuff like that is crucial. Um, it, it could really make the difference between winning and losing. And I think the Free Jacks do a great job of that team building and chemistry. Yeah, and one, of the, like one of the things that I tell all my teams that I coach is that mm -hmm. you don't build your team with me here on the practice field. You right. build it in the pub. Yes. Like sure. whether it was the college kids of like the the soda pub, <laughs> you know, like or whatever. <laughs> right. like yeah. you don't build a team here. Yeah. You come here and you train to make a play on the field. Mm -hmm. You build the team off the field with all the activities that you do, either having a beer at the pub or doing a charity event or you know, uh just going out and hanging out together on a Saturday night, like that. Mm -hmm. That's what builds the team. That's what builds sure. the club. That's that's why people want to stay. It's not because you're winning every game on the field. Some people maybe stay because of that. But even if everybody's winning, if somebody feels like they don't belong on the team because the team never gets together and does anything, then then you don't have a team. You just have a bunch of uh, you know heroes out there on the that's field. That's true. For sure. Um, I wanted to just really quickly circle back for a moment and, and say that I think it's awesome that you're talking about hoping to get that first win against Houston because that is your biggest rival, I'm sure. I mean, the yeah. Texas Cup is now one less team. So it's just y'all two yeah. going at each other. To get it. <laughs> at, yeah, for sure. I mean, less of a challenge to get it. And, you know, you want to beat your rival up for sure. Like, that's just a part of sports culture in general. Yeah. You want to have one up on your rival. So I love that you, uh, you know, you're calling that game out and saying that that's where you hope you get your first win and it might be possible. Well, and you look at how we played as a team who I think was a little bit undermanned last year against them mm -hmm. at home. Yeah. And it came down to literally them going 80 meters with a last second try on an amazing play. Um, 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 why am I not remembering his name? The Eagle uh, winger um, scoring it, like taking on three guys and scoring a try the last second. Oh my gosh. We win uh, that game. We have yeah. a win in our second game of the year, and maybe mm -hmm. things are different from there. But yes, um, so it, yes, we we need to at, at the very least get points out of those first two matches against mm -hmm. Houston and Seattle at home. We've got to get points. Yeah, I hope it does take place for sure. I'm, I'm rooting for you guys a little bit. Not, of course, against the Free Jacks, but otherwise, yeah, I hope you guys get a couple wins. Um, final thing here is that I want to get your way too early win-loss prediction for the regular season for the Dallas Jackals. And do they make it? Well, let's not let's not get too crazy ahead of ourselves. Let's say no, they don't make the playoffs. I don't think that's realistic. But do they get more than, let's say, three wins this year? I think three wins are going to be tough. I think it's definitely possible. And I, it really depends. The biggest problem right now is we don't know who the team is. Um, yeah. A lot of the teams, you know, have, let's say, 90% of their players together already from last mm -hmm. year. And they're really just adding on, stacking on what, to what they had last year. Yes. Um, and so you have a better idea of, of who you're going to be and what your identity is. Um, I think we're still finding out because most of these players we haven't seen play. 
It's not like we traded for a bunch of players in MLR or Airship or URC or Super Rugby who we could go watch on TV all the time. SLAR was really hard to watch um, on anything. It was, I think it was on an app. It it just, it it wasn't particularly easy to to watch a match. And so I don't really know who these players are. I've tried to watch highlights. It's hard to find highlights of all of them. So I think until we get to see maybe a preseason match or something like that, we don't really know who this team is. Now, based on who the coaches are and who these players have played for and what level of rugby they've played at, we can at least get an idea that this is going to be much more, uh, I would say, higher level rugby generally than we had last year. Um, But is what style? I really don't know. None of them have played together except for maybe two or three. So I think that's the big thing is we just don't know what we have yet. Um, I think two wins is certainly possible. I think we can get two wins. Um, they're probably both going to come at home. Um, yeah. Now, getting a third win or a fourth win, um, I, I I couldn't tell you at this point. Now, I did pick them to finish uh, sixth in the West. Okay. So I'm assuming that Chicago is not – or. Fifth in the West. I'm sorry, Chicago. Okay. Chicago is going to take a year to get things together, uh, but I mean the Jackals are kind of doing the same thing. Um, and then Utah last year was surprisingly bad. Yes, uh, very surprising. So yeah. does Utah fall off the hill because they re-signed a bunch of older players, maybe injuries, things like that? So I don't know. Does Utah come back like they did the year before? I think they're a big question mark. So I actually I am wondering how Utah is going to finish. I've Dallas finished second to last, which is sad. But I mean, after week two, I may have a completely different opinion. Of yeah, for sure, man. Like <laughs> we get you know, two wins at home against Houston, and Seattle. It's going to be a madhouse. You guys are going to be popping champagne. It's going to be yeah, awesome. for sure. We may celebrate <laughs> like we've won the cup already. Love it. Love it, man. That's awesome. Uh, before we get you out of here, Rick, uh, you know, you've been very generous with your time. I wanted to do what's called one word association. So I'm going to say one word or maybe two words. And the first word that pops in your mind when I say that word, just let me know what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first one is Dallas. Jackals. The next one is Cowboys. Well, I'm not going to repeat the word you said before. I'll go, uh, <laughs> we'll go Oklahoma State. Okay. All right. Yeah, that that's actually a sneaky one because that is their mascot. Not a lot of people know yeah. that. Uh, the next one is rugby. Us. Yeah, love that. Next one is jackals. Uh, getting the turnover. <laughs> okay. Next one is SMU. Uh, my my alma mater. Alma mater. All right. Final one is Free Jacks. Some people have said boo on this show uh, to that. No, I, uh, some I, people I, say, have said I say historical. I, I, yeah. I love, and I'm going to go on about this a little bit. I know it's just supposed to be one word, but the DC and New England uh, mascots, the logos, the historical connection. Um, mm-hmm. me, as I'm, I was a history major in college, so maybe that hits okay. the picture for me. But yeah. um, I, I love that part of it. Um, I love 
seeing the flag on jersey on a jersey when it's done right. Uh-huh. And I love seeing, um, you know, the, the connection with, uh, you know, the lamp um, and Paul Revere riding the horse. Yep. Right back yep, there. Right, yeah. right there. Like, I, I just love that connection. Um, and Dallas doesn't have that kind of history as a city. So mm-hmm. we can't really do a whole lot of that. We do have our Cowboys and Mavericks and Rangers and sure. um, and the Jackals was definitely an interesting choice to begin with. But um, right. I will say. New England Free Jacks. Uh, I I love the color scheme. Uh, hard to beat, and I I love the the historical connection. I could not agree more. It's something that that we really embrace up here in New England is that revolutionary spirit. Um, the history of this area and what took place is is really well embraced with the Patriots, the Revolution, and the Free yep. Jacks. So uh, I'm really glad that they went that route. Um, you know, the name itself. I mean, people you know draw a question mark, but when you see the colors and you see the symbols, it, it, I, I think people at that point understand yeah. what's going on. Is it's, it's it's a hat tip to what has taken place in the past. And and the extraordinary, truly extraordinary human beings that lived here in the 1700s. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Um, with that being said, Rick, I really appreciate you coming on here. I will open the floor for just a moment. Any message to the Rangers, which is the Free Jacks fans, not the Texas Rangers, but the New England <laughs> Rangers up here. Uh, any message to the Free Jacks fans from a, a Dallas fan? I was briefly a New York Ranger fan for a long time just because they had the name the Rangers. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't hate the New England uh, Free Jacks Rangers uh, mm-hmm. nickname for the fan base. No, I, I would say that um, you know get get involved in the in the in the fan group. Um, mm-hmm. Even even if you feel like you know the, the stuff I do isn't really that valuable to what um, the the club needs or what the fan club needs um everybody has some value that they can uh bring to especially the fan club and and we need it as as leaders of these fan groups um we need every you know hand that we can get every dollar that we can get Mm -hmm. um and every idea that we can get because truly there are no bad ideas at this point like we are and i think I don't know that the clubs underrate us, but I think everybody underrates how important the fan bases are for these clubs yes. and for mm-hmm. MLR. Because if we're not here, then there's no ticket sales. Like we are a huge portion of their ticket sales. Yes. No ticket sales. There's no community that they can reach out to. I mean, this is all important for this league and these teams to survive. You're absolutely step, right. Step up and just give what you can give. Whatever, the, whether that's an idea, your hands to do something, yeah. or yeah. Uh, your dollars. Rick, you've nailed it on the head, man. I really appreciate you coming on here. You've been an awesome guest. I think this is the longest correspondent interview that we've had, but it's been a really, really good one. I think you've really provided a lot of insight as to what's going on down there uh, in Dallas at the Jackals. So I appreciate you being on here. We've got one word to say, or I do rather, but before we got to hear we'll see you in March, though, right? Yes, yes, you will. I would love for you to come up here. I understand that it might not be the the, the best destination for an away trip. That would be really cool for you to experience Fort Quincy because it really is special up here. We'll see what we can do. That would be great. But uh, all right. So in three, two, one, huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with my brother, Dan from Merrimack, as well as a living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Spider, the super fan of the Free Jacks. Spider, how the hell are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Dan, how are you? 
How you doing? Dan, can you hear me? Doing well, doing well. It's, uh... Oh, I'm, I'm getting... Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There's a bit of a delay, uh, but go ahead. I'm in a little kickback, uh, but... It's good to see you. Uh, I know last time we were on my show, you had the Notre Dame jersey. I know that's not on there now, but... I did want to go ahead and mention that Spider and I are both wearing our City Edition tees. This is from uh, ShopMLR.com. If you guys want to go on there and get all of your um, Free Jacks merchandise, all you have to do is put in code Rangers at checkout and you'll get 10% off of your purchases. I want to go ahead and you know mention to Spider, you know, uh, for the Rangers out there that may have missed your previous appearances on the show, give us a quick rundown of your personal and rugby background, please. Well, I played ball in North Adams State in the early 90s. Played rugby then and I discovered the game and I never looked back. And then uh, when the Free Jacks came about, when MLR started, I was like, geez, when Boston got to get a team and, you know, year three. And I was like, I'm on it. Founding member. Haven't missed a professional rugby match in the state of Massachusetts yet. Nice. Um, we were talking to uh, TK and he had mentioned like he was kind of going through the history of the Free Jacks. And he was like, were you at this game, you know, prior to the Free Jacks being in MLR? And I kept checking every single box. I was like, yeah, I was at that game. I was at that game. And then he mentioned the um, Ontario Arrows game. And I was like, no, I didn't make that one. But I believe Spider was there. You were there for that game. Is that right? Yeah, I, I haven't missed one since. When Incredible. On there, like priests before the New York was in the MLR. Yes, they played the Mystic was the first professional. That's right. That's him. right. So you are absolutely old school. You're 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 the sire of all the the fans out there. I guess is the best way to put that. What have you been up to in the off season? Uh, not too much. Looking forward to some rugby coming. I've been making some ball bags. <laughs> you were saying that. That's awesome. How many have you got made so far? I made four, you know, for those of you who don't know his, you know, the original. Yep. The first, first one I made, it's, you know, a rugby ball and nice a little extra ball bag for a ball bag. Very cool. And you're using those as like a fanny pack. Is that right? Is that how you do it? Fanny pack ball bag. Very good. I've been you know, keeping myself busy in my shop making balls. Perfect. I love that, man. And so you're kind of like hibernating almost until the season starts. That's awesome. Keeping yourself busy. Uh, what, has been, what was your overall impressions of last season for the Free Jacks? I thought last season was great, man. It far exceeded all my expectations. I agree a thousand percent. Kind of came up short there in the Eastern Conference Finals against your biggest rival. But other than that, I mean, it was a magical run. Really is the best way to describe it. They won so many games. I think it was like 10 in a row. So, I mean, you can't play, uh, complain too much as a Free Jacks fan based on last season. I think we just, you know, have high expectations in, in the coming this season. So which of the Free Jacks festivals are you most excited about, do you think? I'm excited for all of them, man. I can't wait to get to every single one of them, you know. Hell yeah. I like more than another because they're all going to be awesome. I can't wait for any of it or all of it. 
I agree a thousand percent. There's a couple ones that, that kind of stood out to me. That yacht rock is going to be absolute a blast. You know, the flannel disco should be pretty fun. I'm not sure exactly how I should dress up for that because flannel and disco don't necessarily mix, but when you put them together, who knows what's going to happen? It should be a good time. Always excited for the festivals for sure. Um, any big plans or upgrades for tailgating before the games at Fort Quincy? I know that you would like to go all out with the tailgating. I'm curious about this one because I yeah. want to tell. I have not tailgated there yet, and I'm I'm curious. Maybe I'll sneak in with you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> in man, everyone's welcome. You know, yes, party down whether it's rain or shine or snow or hurricane wind force. I mean, we're ready. We're ready to hold down the fort and party, yeah. make tons of noise, and be rowdy and support our boys out there. Absolutely. I mean, I think the SEC in college football is the best at tailgating, at least from what I've seen. It's pretty wild with the setups. I mean, do you have any uh, plans for like upgrading your your uh, your tents and stuff like that? Are you going to put in any like uh, satellite TV or anything like that? Oh, I don't have. You know, the, I I always say like less is more because okay. a stuff on there. It's like when it gets to be game time, you can take all that stuff down and put it in the truck. Right. Yes, that's true. No, just for the sure. up, the you know the propane heater. I did go with walls on my easy up before, but again, it's just a pain in the ass to take down before the game, and especially when you're tailgating for like six, seven hours before the game. You know, you got to take it down an easy up. It's not very easy down. That's true. That's true. <laughs> It's a great way to look at it for sure. I mean, that's something that, you know, when you get into like the very complex tailgating, you have to always put that stuff up and take it back home. So it's a good, it's a good, it's a good point that you're making there, Spider. I wanted to quickly mention that um, uh, last, the last home game at Fort Quinn's, I guess it was the Eastern Conference Finals must have been because there was a ton of people around the tailgating. And I even saw one guy doing like full on hibachi. And I was like, now you know that you've made it. When you've got somebody like doing the whole rice and the steak in the background, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's really my thing per se to tailgate, but I'm so glad that that option is available for, for people to, you know, grab a beer and, and, and talk amongst themselves and get food even. I know that there's a lot of food options that take place at the tailgate. So that's one of those cool things about being a Free Jacks fan is we have that, that um, emerging community with the tailgating and stuff like that. It's very cool. Is. And it's growing too. It seems like yes. every get more and more people, and you know, more more things show up, more, mm -hmm. more food. People bringing you know kettles of chili down, and you mm -hmm. know, uh, deep fryers. I mean, it's, it's it's getting big now, and I'm enjoying it. Very good. Yeah, I, I have to say too that Eastern Conference Finals game. I brought my dad for the first time. He he hasn't watched a rugby game since I played in college. It was packed. There was nowhere to park. We we walked a good amount of time. Like that just shows like how much like fans like you and us are like just invested in this and like mm -hmm. the growth is unbelievable. Honestly. I I agree, man. It's awesome to see. And, and one of those things is like, if we continue to grow this thing, eventually we're going to outgrow Fort Quincy. But what's going to be cool is like they're going to add on additional stands so that the, the capacity is going to increase. So for the people that especially if you go to every single game, I would highly recommend purchasing the priority parking and and, and parking there because there, there seems to be quite a bit of spaces that are always available in that parking lot. It does cost a bit more, uh, but I think it's definitely worth it, especially if you're a season ticket holder. If you're going to every single game, that's the way to go, I think. Spider, wouldn't you agree? Certainly agree. Yeah, the day they announced that, I'm I'm in. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm not yep. no 
I don't even care. <laughs> it's very convenient for sure. Uh, let's move on to discuss, you know, what excites you the most, Spider, about this upcoming season for the Jacks? I'm excited to see our Canadian connection. In Yeah. We got a, a lot of new guys, new new blood, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big dudes from uh, Canada. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's interesting because with MLR, especially, you know, around this league, where we are in the history of this league, it's kind of difficult to keep those all of the guys on the team. Like, I, that's obviously the goal for the Free Jacks is to be like, we had such an excellent year, but, you know, we can't keep all of these guys. So we want to bring in new guys that are going to, I don't know, uh, just – mold well with the culture and i think these canadians that have come into the squad are very very good uh they've played with each other either at the canadian national team or also uh with toronto so it's super exciting to see all those guys come together as the free jacks this year so it should be a good time for sure i think that is something to look forward to as well um out of all of the away games uh which of these away games would be your away uh, dream away trip if you could go to one of them what would they be for the free jacks I, I'd have to say probably something West Coast, either mm -hmm. Seattle or Utah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people say San Diego because the weather's really nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it's going to be Seattle this year. I'm super excited to get down there. Utah would be beautiful. I think it's such a beautiful view there from the stadium. And if you're a nature person, like a lot of people that watch this show are, that would be a good one to go to for sure. Um, let me see here. Utah's a great place to hike if you're into hiking. Yeah, for sure. I've never been there, but like my brother's been there. It was, he said it was unbelievable. Let me see here. I'm hearing that my mic is acting up here. So I'm just trying to make sure that everything is all set with that. Um, I wanted to also ask you, Spider, uh, what is your win-loss prediction for the Free Jacks uh, in the regular season? Obviously, 16 regular season games this year. What would you say uh, at the end of the day? What are the Free Jacks? What's their win-loss record do you think it's going to be? undefeated all year <laughs> dude that would be amazing i have them going undefeated at fort quincy but man uh, 16 and 0 would be incredible can you imagine goodness gracious that'll be a blast uh dan I mean, from quincy optimist every year i say for the red sox this is the year you know right I, I i'm optimist i say yep they're gonna win it all so i think they're gonna go undefeated i that. love that Hope springs eternal in the offseason, right? I mean, everybody's super jazzed up and super excited to, to see their team play. Uh, Dan from uh, Merrimack, have we ever gotten your uh, win-loss prediction? What do you think uh, the Free Jacks are going to do? Uh, I think I said – I think me and Chris were – I don't know. I'm getting kickback for some reason. But um, I think me and Chris said 11-5 and five is what we said. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right, yeah. 11 pretty, me, Bozo, I should say. And I know yes. he's watching. Yeah, um, of course he is. That's, I, that's my prediction. I mean, it, it, obviously – once we see what's going on, that my prediction could change, but sure. I, I, I just, Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> Me too, man. I, I, that makes three of us. I, I know for sure that we're all super excited for the season to get started. We're not too far away. I think it's less than 30 days at this point. Spider, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're, you're one of those guys that like everybody sees you're, you're very uh, easy to find in the crowd and stuff like that. And you interact with all the fans and it's so awesome. But what is a little known fact about you? Uh, like if people heard this, they'd be like, Oh, interesting. I would have never guessed that. Jeez. Hmm. Something that's a little, I'm pretty much an open book, man, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, you know, something that people may not know is, uh, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I have a cat. Okay. You know, you know, 
you know, I, I got you know, I'm just a regular dude, really, man. Sure, yeah. I got a wife and a kid and a cat and, and you know, <laughs> you know nothing too crazy, but you know, when when Saturdays roll around in rugby season, I mm-hmm. off this whole persona. Yes. And, and just get crazy for it, man. You know? You're you're my favorite super fan of all time. I'm sure I've said that many times on this show. I just really uh, appreciate the uh, energy that you bring uh, for the Free Jacks. I think it's awesome. But uh, with that being said, that is the end of my questions. I'm going to let Dan from Merrimack take over here with his questions. Yeah, I got a lot of good ones here, I hope. Um, oh, man, I'm getting a lot of kickback. and I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what's Are going on. Are you guys on getting there. that too? Uh, yes, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Spider, I, I, see, I, I want to ask, this was not on the original agenda. I'm just really curious. Um, cause when I heard Spider, I, I immediately think of Goodfellas, right? Michael Imperioli's character. I know Phil said you might've talked about this on the show, but how did you get that nickname? When I was in college, I lived in the dorms my first year and the dorm walls were pretty narrow. And I don't know if you've ever watched a Ninja Warrior, but the guys would run up, spread their arms and legs and walk on the walls. That's the spider walls on Ninja Warrior. But this is long before Ninja Warrior. So I would, you know, jump up, spread my arms and legs and, and walk, hold myself up on the walls. And that's how I ended up with the spider. Okay. All right. No, I was just curious. I, I hear that nickname and I immediately, I'm a, I'm a huge Goodfellas fan. I don't know if you guys are. Probably my second favorite movie of all time. So I was just curious about that just because of the character. But I guess I got to ask this. I, uh, and I've, I've been, I've been, texting phil i've been texting bozo about this i know he's broken uh he's starting to get in there but the uh do you feel the kobe Steelers uh in japan have disrespected bodine waka uh, or not giving him the respect he deserves so far well i think bodine's ass should be kissed thoroughly for the <laughs> player that he is uh, they should be washing his feet and kissing his ass. It's <laughs> a great way to put it. I actually, I, I sent, uh, he had posted something today. I said, you know what? He, t- truly, uh, you are my favorite rugby player of all time at this point it, 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 from watching. So uh, I'm hoping to see him break that more. But like Phil has said, we want him coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, the world is very fickle these days with with money and players and people mm-hmm. bouncing around. And you know, he plays New England in Japan. You know, but, no, I totally get it. It's not like um, Asante Samuel used to say: "Get money, get paid. If you're good at something, and my dad always said this, you need to be paid the right amount for it." So I I have backbone on that. Uh, I got to ask this. Uh, we got a player that we, we're all probably a big fan of, uh, Dougie Fife. He's now in another uniform. How do you feel about seeing this? I'm disappointed to see Dougie go, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it's a business, you know. I, I'll still I'll still root for him. I'll still hoot and holler for Dougie Fife. But when he comes here, I'm going to say, Dougie, best of skill and luck, man, but not that much luck. <laughs> Yeah, I think we saw. I think I think Phil shared it. We saw the early uh, the early pictures from uh, Nola there, and it was like, man, that doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's it's very odd. I hope he plays really well in all the game except for when he plays the Free Jacks. That's my take on it. 
Uh, it was awesome though this year. Or I, uh, I, I remember he was suspended, and uh, I was on the. It was I. It was one of the games where I was like, "Dougie, welcome back." I think it was the first, the uh, St. Patrick's Day game, mm-hmm. and he just looked. He was like, <laughs> you know. So uh, I got to ask this though, because we do know the way the MLR is right now. It's not the NFL. It's not the NBA. It's not the MLB. Players come and go. Is there a free jack right now that you would be the most sad to see leave? Oh, I, I think I would be totally gutted if we lost Kyle Sequeira. Yes. You know, he's a fan favorite. I mm-hmm. mom and dad are at every game. They're at every tailgate with us. And, you know, they're they're like a, our free jacks family. So I wouldn't be sad just to see Kyle go. I'd be sad to not see his parents and his uncles, his grandfather. So it's, you know, it's, it's a nice community we've created. I would be totally gutted if Kyle left. Okay. All right. I feel the enough. same way, man. He's he's uh, very much a part of the Free Jacks organization. I would never want to see him in another uniform. Now, now we talked about this on my show uh, not too long ago on Let Freedom Ring, but uh, the Davidowitz uh, in the tailgate too. Um, actually, they go to the other. They have they go to the VIP parking lot because they get uh, or bus. Yes, they got that bus. They go to the VIP parking, but I, I always walk down there and say hi to them now and then leave one tailgate, go to the other and back and forth. Well, I mean, I know, I know Bozo's watching, but I'd say anybody that went to Plymouth state is VIP. So, that makes <laughs> sense that, you know, <laughs> um, I gotta ask this. Um, Sorry, I'm getting just so much kickback for some reason. Um, any players across the league that you wish that the Free Jacks uh, could could possibly sign? Mikey Teow. Or as free agents. I'd like to see Mikey Teow over here. And mm-hmm. I'd also like to see um, oh, the dude in New York who um, is from Marblehead. What the hell is his name? I oh, Nate uh, Brakely. Nate Brakely, yeah. Yes. Nate Brakely, come, come back over. And because he went to St. John's, my nephew went to St. John's. So I'd like to see Nate Brakely come over and Mikey Teo. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Now, this has been a controversial thing all over social media. Phil had shared it. The Jacks Rangers show had shared it. Uh, MLR memes had shared this. Mm-hmm. ATL changed their uh, logo. I don't hate it mm-hmm. as much as some people do. What are your thoughts on the on the logo change for ATL? Um, well, it's not that bad, I guess. You know, they, there's been a couple logo changes. I mean, New York's the Iron Workers. Right. ATL, what what ATL change it to? What is that? The green now. Yeah, here's the thing is they don't have a mascot. They never have. They just call themselves Rugby ATL. And what the problem, I guess, that fans should feel bad about if you're an ATL fan is like there's no mascot with this rebrand. And they also just basically copied um, the color scheme of Chicago, except for that peach color. So, I mean, I my whole thing with that is like, why are you moving away from that rattlesnake imagery that they previously embraced? Like that is badass. Like the red, uh, black and, um, silver that they had looked cool. And the rattlesnake imagery was pretty badass. So it's a shame that they're moving away from that as an organization. I just think it's a shame. But maybe they'll find, maybe they're in flux thinking something down the road being like, all yeah. right, let's do this. Right. But at least not the guiltinis or the guilt We got that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
the Gill teams are out of here, thank goodness. So that that is one positive for sure. But I think out of all of the worst names in the league, I think Rugby ATL is right right up there now. They've got a target on their back. They need to have some sort of mascot. Like call yourselves Rugby Blank, whatever it is. Embrace something and let's move on from these terrible names. No, it's it's funny. It's 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 like did the Washington football team start a trend here that that's carried on to MLR? Well, we're not, you know, and now they are the commanders. And did anybody see their mascot, the pig? The Washington uh, commanders now have a pig as their uh, mascot. I'm not oh, making okay. that up. It looks something like Bray Wyatt would have created. If you're a wrestling fan, you might know uh, what I'm talking about there. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't actually, personally, I didn't hate the logo. I just, the color scheme, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no more guilt teams. Yeah, that that's one thing to to embrace for sure. Thank goodness we don't have the guilt teams anymore. Yeah, uh, I gotta ask. That's another. That's a whole other. Uh, I want to ask this. Um, as Phil knows and Bozo knows, I'm a big. Uh, advocate for returning your shopping cart i think that's a really important thing that uh every person can do and just be respectful to your other human beings uh in 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 the uh in your community uh, i gotta ask this are there any is there a team that you think collectively is less likely to return their shopping carts oh hmm. <laughs> and that's less likely to be a respectful human being um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet and uh, and jump on ATL for that one. Love it, love it, love it. I I think it's it's got to be New York for me, obviously because of their our biggest rivals. I think most rugby people are not jerks, so they probably do return their carts. But collectively, you have to look at New York as our biggest rival as somebody that may not return their carts. But I love the ATL shout for sure as well. Yeah. I, I actually, you know, I like New York. I know you do. Well, there yep. are rivals, but, you know, like I said, the first rugby professional rugby match in Massachusetts mm -hmm. was New York against the Mystic. And then afterwards, those guys, you know, they had a party at a bar and every day was so welcoming and friendly. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's hard to, you know, turn, uh, turn my nose down or up to them because they were just so gracious in that first year. Sure. Yep. I was a New York I fan well, we had a team, so they were the closest. So I'm like, all right, New York. And then we get a team. I can't just be like, oh, screw New York. You know, I just got to. Right. I, I mean, I personally have a story of why I don't like New York. Uh, and I've told Phil this off camera. Uh, oh, no, we talked about this on Let Freedom Ring, where yeah. some of the New York players in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals were in the bleachers. And they're really inappropriate. And that has not set uh, well with me. I, I still, I, I obviously back every team in this league, but uh, some of the words that were used in front of children uh, had no place. Um, so I, that's that's my one issue with rugby New York, and that's not saying that's a whole as a franchise, but I would say to any professional uh, athlete, um, be careful what you say, especially when kids are around. So it was a professional athlete. They was the athletes, or it was just fans. No, this was players in the stands so i don't know was, why they're in the stands it was players that weren't selected for the 20 th to the 23 spider so it was like contracted players that weren't uh playing that day maybe they were drinking heavily yeah 
I don't know. I don't know. I and, and you know what? You know what? You get into it like I. You know, as, as someone that loves professional wrestling, and everything like that, you got to embrace uh, the uh, rivalry and stuff. It's just the language I didn't like. Uh, I you know because there were kids. Wish I I knew about it. I would have ran right down there and freaking giving them a hard time. <laughs> I knew I would have. I told them like, guys, stop. I knew I wouldn't want to fight with them. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, I said, come on. And, you know, this guy's his brothers. You know, you can't be doing that in any sport, any league. Um, but I do want to ask this: uh, What free Jack, as a professional wrestling fan, uh, do you think could have a career in pro wrestling? I think uh, there's a couple of them that I think could do it. Kyle Sequeira, definitely. Number one, for sure. Yep. Got the personality, the stash, the mullet. And I think Josh Larson could be on there, too. Like, sort of the Undertaker, quiet killer type. Absolutely. It's a great shout right there. Oh, he definitely has the build for it. He's tall enough. He, he You know, he could do it. Um, and I want to ask this one last one. This one, I think, is, is really big and it's really important because... I think at the end of the day, all three of us, and I know Bozo's watching, we want to see growth in this league. We want to see more people getting into it. And I think, you know, rugby's not the easiest sport to understand, which I get. Um, but we love it, right? And uh, I've, I've tried to bring a lot of people into this. What do you think, as fans, we could do more of to recruit new fans into the MLR? a good one i think we'd have to expose more people to the game in mm -hmm. the whole culture of it because you know rugby isn't just the game we play it's it's a whole sporting culture of right. mutual respect for your opponent mutual mm -hmm. respect for the referees and you know these are things that a lot of sports don't really foster you know like football you hate you know you hate referees you hate your opponents most other sports you, you know somewhat friendly or the mutual admiration for your and i think if we expose people to that to be like all right we want to beat our opponent but we still like them mm -hmm. you know that's something that you know we're all rugby players you know in this in this community and we all got each other's backs and that's something you really don't see in many other sports mm -hmm. or any other sport that i've ever played for that matter mm-hmm Oh, I 100% agree. Um, you know, when we were in college, it was always we play the game, then we're going to have a drink up. That's right. And then you want, and you wanted to top the other team on who could have a better one, right? You know, yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> have a better party. That's right. <laughs> or singing songs, or like we'd have a bunch of games that we would play at, at the social. We'd have a hooker toss, mm -hmm. you know, sing songs. Boat races, bat races, shotgun races, um, any other random drinking game that someone just dreamed up the day before. I'd be like, all right, we're going to try this. <laughs> and then the song singing and the, you know, the barbecuing. I mean, it was, you know, a whole culture, a, a yep. day of a full day. It wasn't just the game. It was the game, the social, and then the partying after the social. We'd, you know, end up... If you go on a away game, you go to, you know, one of the players would take you to all the, the houses on campus at, that you weren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, we're talking about rugby culture, I think it's important to 
embrace things that aren't necessarily rugby culture, like trash talking really isn't rugby traditional culture, like prior to the game. But I think that's important to bring that into the fold with rugby and stuff like that. There's a little bit of that internationally and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I think there needs to be more of that uh, brought into rugby to appeal to an American crowd because rivalries are extremely important in the United States sports uh, culture. And um, of course, but at the end of the day, the rugby culture needs to shine through with after the match, you know, let's have a beer with all these guys or prior to the match, let's, match, let's have a beer with our opponents uh, and their fans and stuff like that and have a good time because it is, you know, it's all about uh, trying to highlight that rugby culture that are, is positive and making sure that we can gain further people. I think when people watch it on television or you bring somebody that's not familiar with rugby to a game, they can they can conceptualize like how cool it is based on the hits that they see and the physicality and stuff like that. But they need to also see the rugby culture to kind of get brought into it and stuff like that. Because the rugby culture is like very inclusive, right? If you either like it or you played it or both, we embrace you, right? So there needs to be more of that. Uh, and yeah. That's something I love about rugby though, is that, there's a lot of sports where rugby does almost, at least from my experiences and watching even this, the sportsmanship level is is so good. It really is. And I think that's something to be commended about the sport. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It'd be cool to like have a little spot where, you know, people could gather after because I don't know, in college that was the thing, you know, it's like, right. you know, you go to war and, and, and battle with everybody. And then the next thing you know, it's like, we're shooting the shit at a, at a drink up. So absolutely. You got anything else for Dan from Quizzy or is that was it? That was it for you. That's it for me. Oh yeah. Dan from Merrimack. Sorry. Um, I wanted to go ahead. Yeah. I, I keep getting confused with that, but we'll, we'll get it sorted out at some point. I did want to mention that we're doing the um, giveaway here for the storm along Nate Ebner book or the finish strong Nate Ebner book. Um, so I've got a bunch of uh, names here in the old bucket hat. I'm going to shake it up a little bit. And I'm going to put this on the screen here. And I'm going to look down. I'll grab one name. I want to go ahead and open this up here. Who do we got? Girls Rugby Massachusetts. How about it? Girls Rugby Massachusetts. The account on Instagram is the winner of this book. This will be awesome for them to pass along maybe to the girls involved in that program there because it is a great, inspiring book about a rugby player. Um, yeah, beyond that, I wanted to go ahead and open up the floor. Spider, do you got anything to say to the, the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans? I'm telling you, be ready. Be ready for the first home game in Quincy. We're going to let it all hang out. We're going to blow the roof off the place that doesn't have a roof, man. And if it mm -hmm. did have a roof, we are going to be so loud. Yeah. So pumped up to have the free jacks back in town. Mm -hmm. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a big one. I agree, man. Every single home game is crucial. Uh, we've got to make sure that we're loud and proud in the stands there. I know, uh, Section 5 always does their part to make sure that it's uh, a very intimidating atmosphere for our uh, visiting teams to come in. So I'm really hoping that we don't lose a single game at home. That is one of the goals that I have in the back of my mind, making sure that the, and the fans play a part in that. I mean, if you don't believe that that's true, uh, then just go back and look at the COVID uh, win-loss records in other sports and, and rugby as well. You know, it, it kind of 
didn't uh, didn't equate to a true home crowd without those fans there. So you know, uh, visiting teams were winning games that you would have might not have assumed that they would, and that's because of the atmosphere not being there with the stands and stuff like that. So it is true that you can affect how things happen on the pitch if you're you know a loud and intimidating crowd. So uh, with that being- a real thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Home yeah. field advantage. Um, not just talking about the referees, but also just what happens in the stands is is, is for real. Um, so we've got to make sure that we are full in the stands, sell out crowds. Um, so if you're out there and you're watching this, make sure you bring somebody that's maybe, maybe, maybe never seen rugby before, or maybe a rugby person that didn't have a, a ticket, bring them along with you and, and have a great time. Um, with that being said, I wanted to go ahead and mention that this is the first episode of season three spider we like to have you on here every single new season so it's awesome that you came on here. really appreciate your time also appreciate dan from merrimack jumping on here uh, i've got one word for everybody out there um make sure you're typing it in the chat folks three two one huzzah huzzah Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with my boy Bozo6, and also we got a very, very special guest this time around, Mr. MVP himself, Bodine Waka. Bodine, how the hell are you? Uh, hey, boys. Good to see you boys again. Um, I'm good. Living my life in Japan. It's totally different scenery to, to Boston, but I'm um, mm-hmm. enjoying every moment of it. Good. Very, very glad to hear that. Uh, Super excited to have you on here, of course. You've been very gracious with your time to be able to jump on here. You're actually speaking to us from the future. It is Thursday over there, very early in the morning, so thank you for joining us. I wanted to get right in to talk about your performances last season were some of the best that we've ever seen in MLR. Give us your overall impressions of that magical run last season. Yeah, I guess for me, it just it falls back down to who's got the better team culture within within any team that you're with. Um, we created a brotherhood within the boys, um, which obviously showed um, throughout the season. We ended up getting a MLR record, 13-3, and three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 wins, 3 losses. So you know, we created a culture, a brotherhood, which, um, you know, moving forward we're never going to forget those moments and and then lastly we had great coaches as well you know if you've got good coaches that you can bond with um that you can get along with have a beer with um have those hard talks with um your season's going to go pretty good we obviously didn't go all the way but hopefully next season the boys can pull it off Absolutely. I love that you're wearing your free Jacks gear. I am as well. This is the city tee from rugby now at shopmlr.com. Guys, if you go on there right now and stock up on your free Jacks merch, you can get 10% off by using code word Rangers on there. Um, Bodine, let me ask you about, I mean, obviously, you know, you had a stellar season last year. You have left the free Jacks. You're over in Japan now. Um, Your heir apparent, the replacement uh, at number one fly half on the roster is Jason Patras. Okay. He's coming over from Taranaki and the NPC. I'm sure you've had some run-ins with him in New Zealand. Can you give us an idea about what his game is like and why should the Rangers be excited about having Jason on the team? Yeah, my good old mate Potty. I've had a lot of run-ins with him during club season in Taranaki and and obviously at NPC level when I fortunately, oh, unfortunately had to leave um, Taranaki and moved on with Waikato. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Potty, he's, he's one of those players that's um, full of skills. Um, his age, 
he might look 45, but he still looks like a 25-year-old playing out on the field. So he's got the ability to pull some some wicked tricks out of his ass. But he's a player to um, you don't want to underestimate. He's um he's been he's been in the rugby environment for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just one thing, just don't give him a few beers because he's he's got this famous story that uh. Um, he used to be better than Bowden Brad when he was um, at schoolboy rugby. So. Oh boy! Yeah. You 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 won't hear the end of it if there's a few beers inside him. Yeah, I'm sure if a couple stormalongs happen to appear beside him, he'll have to <laughs> tell. At some point. Whoa. Okay. All right, guys. I don't know what just happened. Hopefully, we're still live at this point. I guess some um, New York hackers uh, are trying to take us down from the live stream here, <laughs> but uh, we will not be defeated. Um, so, yeah, that's an awesome story about Jason. You know, uh, again, we'll have to have a couple stormalongs near him and get us uh, get him uh, tell us that story. Um, what has it been like? You know, right now you're in Japan. It is winter time, but you, as you were saying prior to us going live, it doesn't really snow there um, where you're located. What's been that transition like from you know the United States and MLR to Japan and League One? How's that going? Yeah, uh, it was pretty tough at start. Um, you know, coming off the back end of the Free Jack season, it got a little bit warmer. Then I had to go back to New Zealand, spend time with family, and then it was winter over there. Then had to jump over the bridge to Japan, and it was back to summer again and you know the weather over here is ridiculous i came where it was the two hottest months of the year so it was 40 plus degrees so i think that may be 90 something fahrenheit um so it was, it was pretty hot it was yeah. pretty warm and yeah i ended up dropping a few kgs um um while i was here but uh the, the preseason was something it was next level uh as been the longest preseason I've ever been a part of. It almost went as long as the MLR season. It was a four to five month preseason, so it was wow. crazy. So for three and a half months, we were literally training um, day in, day out, um, just training against each other, playing games against each other. Huh. So yeah, it was pretty tough, but then at the end, it was pretty rewarding. Uh, I got my weight to where I wanted to be. I got my fitness to where it wanted to be. And I'm just living, living life happily over, over here in Japan. That's great. I, I mean, that preseason sounds wild. That is a long time to to not play another opponent in a competitive uh, match. That is insane. Um, that is pretty wild. I'm super excited for you over there in Japan, of course. Um, Japan is known for being a very polite and respectful culture, uh, but they're also very quirky over there. Um, what is the weirdest thing you've eaten so far? And what is uh, the weirdest thing that you've seen in a vending machine? <laughs> yeah, the Japanese people are lovely people. Um... I think the weirdest thing that I've eaten here to date would be uh, raw liver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, we had a team activity where we went out temping bowling, and um, amongst our mini team, they were like, the winner of this comp or this bowling game gets a free dinner on the boys. So um, I was fortunate. I was lucky enough to win the game. I think I scored 172 or something bowling. Okay, it was, not I, bad. I don't know how that happened. I suck at bowling. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so they took me out for dinner, um, and they made me try all sorts of things, raw liver, raw chicken. I'm just like, nah, I need this stuff to be cooked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I had an upset stomach for about a week and a half, two weeks after that. So was, I bet so. Yeah, man. It, it that, wasn't that's... fun. 
That's wild. Raw chicken is that seems risky, uh, big time. But what do I know? I'm just I'm a guy that doesn't eat any type of animal product, so I'm not really the person to ask. Um, let's <laughs> talk about uh, you know Ryan Martin, former head coach of the Free Jacks, is now coaching at Toyota Verblitz in Japan. Have you had a chance to reconnect with him at all? Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a preseason game against um, Maros and the Toyota boys. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, we didn't get the result we wanted. Um, they he managed to they managed to score right on full time, and one of the Kiwi um, um, boys ended up kicking the goal from the sideline to win the game. But um, um, results aside, uh, yeah, I got to catch up with Maros before and after the game. We had a good chat and. Um, it was actually good to see him, and we had our good friend EB that come over as well. He just happens to be visiting in Japan, visiting oh, Maros, um, came down to the Steelers, um, just you know, learning off our essences and their essences, and so obviously got to take him out for dinner as well. So yeah, it was good to catch up with those two guys. You know, obviously they were part of the Free Jacks while I was yes. there. Um, so hopefully, look forward to seeing Maros again later on in the future. That's fantastic. I always, you know, really appreciate uh, Coach Ryan Martin. He was one of the early people that came on to the show, really embraced us as a fan podcast. And I, I always tell people I have a better mustache than him, but I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not. <laughs> Both, I'm going to let you take it away here for a couple of questions. But uh, once again, Waka, I appreciate you being on here, man. This is awesome. No yeah, Bodine, thanks for joining us out the early morning there in the future. Um, you, you talked about the travel around, the, the hecticness, and you going back and seeing family. Speaking of your family, your sister had come to watch you play out in Quincy. That was pretty cool. I just wanted to ask you, what was it like uh, watching your sister win a World Cup final at home in New Zealand, like the scenes? What was it like out there? It was amazing. Um it was, I was lucky enough to have that bye week. Um, so I was able to travel back to New Zealand um, and watch um, my younger sis um, do her thing on the world stage. Um, yeah, watching the game, it was it was a tough game to watch because we knew England were a tough side and they had been, they have been for a number of years now. But I'm, I'm talking to my sister, um, she, she was saying um, they've been having great trainings throughout the week and they had, they had a belief within themselves that uh they could go all the way and um yeah they obviously got the 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 final they won the final beat a top quality side um celebrations after was was amazing got to you know have a few beers with my sister with all my family um everyone came to support and then obviously got to go and spend time with her and her team and Obviously, their head coach, who's the director of rugby here in Kobe, um, Wayne Smith. So, got to have a yarn with them as well. And yeah, the, the atmosphere was crazy at the stadium. It was never seen a sold out. It's the first time I've been to a sold out stadium up in Auckland. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I follow, I've started to follow the women's game and then, yeah, England heavily favored. So, it was, it was a pretty cool, uh, yeah, the Black Ferns were gutsy all throughout the tournament, so I thought that was a cool, cool win, and it, it made me think of that when she had come and visited Quincy because they made the big thing about it in the stadium. Um, but switching back to the Free Jack stuff, what do you miss most about Quincy and the Boston area in general? <laughs> That's an easy question. Uh, the boys, I miss the boys. Um, yeah. Like I said previous, uh, prior to the, uh, the video, um, I got to ring a few of the boys, um, 
Mike, oh, Eagley, sorry, and LaRue, Holdy, all the boys answered. Um, and just having a good time catching up before the new year. Um, obviously, missed the coaches. I see the coaching group is back with a new he- uh, new defensive coach, I, I believe, that's coming over. Yes. Um, no, throughout the season, it was never a dull moment with those guys. Could always have a laugh at training, have a laugh in the office um, and whatnot. And then lastly, of course, our fans. Uh, we, we, we've got some tremendous, uh, unbelievable fans that, you know, they get right behind us. And you, as you both guys know that um, at our home games, you know, those those guys were the guys that um, got us uh, got us the, the win, really. Yeah, I'll, glad I'll to see that, we could spur you to victory. It's absolutely. Awesome. I was one of the yeah. loudest yellers. I, I'll take a little bit of credit for that for sure. Waka, we are getting reports that your mic is a little bit staticky when you talk. So I don't know if you can push oh. it in a little bit or, or maybe we can try to get some, uh, some uh, you know, try to fix that um, for a I've moment. I've got my earpods in. Maybe I'll take uh, see how that works. It, it could be a high-risk, high-reward situation because we don't want to lose the audio. But uh, can you hear me? Uh oh. Yeah, I think I think those got to go back in. I think they're gonna have to go back in, Waka. We're just gonna have to deal with the static, my guy. I mean, that's what happens when you talk to the future. It can't be perfect, you know. Back to the future. Here we go. Uh, hopefully, we'll get Waka back on here in a minute. How cool is this? We've got a lot of people watching right now. I, there's a lot of Free Jacks fans out there that just absolutely fell in love with Waka. Uh, when he was here, and it's so awesome to have him back, uh, seeing him on the screen here at least. Um, hopefully, we can hear him in a moment. <laughs> Waka, can you hear us right now? Okay, he can hear us, but he cannot. Uh, we cannot hear him. Is the situation that we have going at this moment? Uh, always playing with fire when we're trying to fix the issues during the live stream here. Waka, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick you out of the room and use the link to come back in, okay? All right. We'll have to do the, um, the uh, what was that Matt Damon movie, The Martian, where he just like moves it around? Yeah, hopefully that will <laughs> be the solution right now. Um, oh, no, now we zoom out. We can see the junk in the back of my room. Zoom that back in. <laughs> There's a lot going on over there, uh, my friend. But also yeah. at the same time, there's a lot that's going on in my on my, top of my dresser over here that way. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions coming in about Waka. You know, a lot of fan interaction on the show at the moment. Um, just so awesome to have Waka in here once again. Very cool that he was able to jump on with us. And hopefully we can hear you now. What you got? Can you hear me? There it is. There oh, it is. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm not He's hearing back. a static at the moment, so that's good. So, uh, Bozo, take it away. I apologize. I wanted to get that fixed, though, for everybody that uh, wanted to hear Waka. All right, we're reset. We're ready to go. Let's do it, baby. All right. <laughs> so, Bodin, you you mentioned that you you know going you're back in the summer in that long preseason training camp, and you got your weight back. Does that got you thinking about your seven days at all? Do you miss those? Yeah, I, I've missed my seven days. Um, some of my best rugby days was playing on the World Series um, alongside some good good teammates. Um, but moving forward, I don't think the body will be able to keep up with uh, the, the younger generation that's coming through. They're, they're, they're a lot faster. They're a lot more skillful. They're even a lot bigger. 
I'm like, why couldn't I get that size when I was that that age? So, um, but yeah, the World Series was something um, special, and I I hold close to my heart. Um, and getting to wear the uh, the black jersey, the fern, and represent my family and and my country is um, is as words can't describe really is is amazing. Yeah, not many people get to get to represent their country doing anything at all. So that's pretty awesome that you earned your way into doing that. Um, is there been a learning curve in Japan, like getting adjusted over there? Like how steep has that been? Uh, it was tough at start. Um, you know, moving down to Kobe, um, hadn't had any Japanese classes whatsoever. Didn't know a sink. All I knew was Konnichiwa. And I thought that was hello, but it's not even hello. It's, um, it's good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, walks in the day. club six in the morning, walks in the training room. Couldn't you ask? Like, oh, God, get this guy out of here. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the language was uh, pretty tough. Um, but I've been going to classes once a week and um, trying to, you know, learn the real basics of Japanese um, just to get by. So even if it was just to go to a restaurant and order some food, you know, I could kind of somewhat say some something in Japanese. Um, but yeah, that's basically been the hardest thing, um, moving down or moving over to Japan down in Kobe. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like living in France or like Spain, but at least the letters are the same. So maybe you can kind of figure it out. It's like mm -hmm. over there, it's got to be pretty wild to try to read anything. Oh, it's it's hard to read the um their writing over here. To me, it just looks like pictures, but it obviously means something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I don't envy you for having to do that. Um, <laughs> how would you compare the crowds in the top league to major league rugby in terms of like the size of the crowd? Do they get as rowdy yes. as Section Five over here with Phil? <laughs> um, <laughs> we play in some pretty amazing stadiums, so. I think the stadiums here hold roughly about 20 plus thousand people. Um, but oh. we've only had two games so far. Um, and we're, we're one and two at the moment. Um, but the crowds were amazing. Um, I think we got roughly both games, six and a half thousand people to the game. Um, but nothing beats our fans and the crowds back in Boston. Um, they're, they're, they're next level. They're rowdy and they get you up. Uh, the Japanese are a little bit more on the tamer side, but uh, yeah, the, the Free Jacks um, fans uh, obviously take it for me. That's always love nice that. to hear. Love we, we, we love to hear it. We love yeah. to hear it. And then the, the last one for me is, uh, you know, how would you, so you spoke about the lengthy preseason, but how would you compare like the actual training and like the level of competition on the training pitch to like the free jacks and major league rugby i wouldn't say there's too much of a difference um because in any team that you're part of um everyone's competing um so they're trying to get better they want to do better they want to you know put their best foot forward to making that team um so i guess from yeah like i said it's not too much different um skill standards now, everyone's trying to have the best um, standards when it comes to skills, whether it's in the MLR or whether it's in League One. Um, but one thing I can say is the Japanese Japanese people, um, they love their training. They'll come in on their day off and go and do extra running, go and do extra skills, just because the, the comp over here is really fast-paced. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, trying to catch up with these Japanese boys um, is crazy. Like, if you look at their Bronco times, you, everyone knows what a Bronco is. Some of their times are ridiculous. <laughs> like, I think my previous, my latest Bronco time right now um, is 4.54. So it's not too bad. Um, could be better. But I think my last time I did a Bronco with the Free Jacks, it was roughly around 5.25 or 5.30 or something. So they, they really got us training on our days on and obviously on our days off. I don't know what a Bronco is. It sounds torturous. Oh, it's a fitness test that um, basically every rugby team would run now. It's, it used to be a beep test and it moved on to a yo-yo test and now it's the Bronco test. I know oh, what a Bronco okay. is, and mine will probably be about like 20, 20 minutes and 30 seconds probably at this point. <laughs> I was joking with Phil before we came on. Like the my only like level of fitness standard is what I can run like five miles in. And it's we were joking about how terrible my time was. Someone who started five minutes uh, after me beat me in the race. And it was like, well, more power to you, brother. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's all I got. Thanks for answering the questions, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank walk I just wanted to, you know, mention once again, I love the shirt that you're wearing. Very, very cool that you're wearing your Free Jacks gear seal. You look great in red, white, and blue. And that kind of leads me to my last important question, if you will. Um, a lot of people that are watching this, and we were talking about when, when you dropped off, you know, they really, and, you know, you really endure. I, I don't, the best way to describe it is they just really enjoy the way that you play. And I think a lot of people, you're their favorite free Jack of all time. You're an absolute legend with what you did last year, being the MVP of the entire league. Um, some savvy Rangers out there have pointed out that it could be possible based on the timelines working out for you to return to the free Jacks in 23. With that being said, what is your status with the Steelers beyond this season? And do you have any announcements to make here on the Jacks Rangers show this evening over here in morning for you? Yeah, I haven't really got an announcement. Um, yeah, that's a hard question. Um, so our season finishes in May. Um, I know the Free Jacks season finishes in June, I believe. Yes. So with the playoffs, it would be over with in, in June or maybe the early July. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that our regular season here finishes in April, last weekend of April, um, depending on how we go. Um, I've had thoughts and I've been talking to a few people about possibly returning. Um, it's not set in stone. I'd love to come back to the Free Jacks. Um, I love that place. It's it's basically my second home now um but yeah it's hard to it's hard to answer that um sure yeah as soon as as soon as i know i'll definitely let you guys know and let all the fans know and Appreciate let everybody that. back in boston know but until then i'm just gonna focus on my season here with um the Corby steelers boys um yeah we got we got something great going on over here hopefully we can go all the way um but in saying that if I'm able to come, there potentially might be a return, but as of now, um, 
I can't really say. It, listen, I, it's a difficult question for sure, right? I mean, you're you're over there in Japan. You're you're committed to the team, of course. Right now, you're learning Japanese. I mean, so I mean, it, <laughs> you know, it, it is. It's 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 very encouraging to hear what you're saying, and I understand it's a difficult question for sure. But I know that a lot of Free Jacks fans want you back, and and I, I know that there's a lot of love between yourself and the fans, and the fans to you. So it would be awesome to have you back. Um, if not in 23, then maybe 24. Of course, you know, um, that would be really really awesome. And and you're one of our favorite free jacks of all time, obviously, on this show. Um, so, yeah, that's very cool. I did have one more question for you that I kind of thought of because you were talking about culture earlier. Um, I think you were the guy that kind of pioneered the whole ready, ready chant at, in the locker room <laughs> after a win. Is that so? How did that come about? And also, do you expect that to continue on in your absence? Yeah, um, it's always good to have a, a, a team song after, especially when you win. Um, it just it brings the morale up and everyone gets all excited and you know we we finish that day or that game on a on a high note. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how it come about? I guess I've made a couple of chants for some teams. I made one for Taranaki. I made one for even Mystic. I, I even done one up for Mystic. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, the the idea behind that was oh well, basically got it off the Panthers Panthers boys the. I just changed their whole lyrics and I just okay. put, everything to do with, put everything to do with free jacks, really. Very um, good. But it's just something something good to have up your sleeve. I'm looking forward to whoever takes over for next season. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how they go because I think they'll do a much better job than how I went. I think I cracked a few times and lost my voice half the season <laughs> just singing that because you know, we did so well winning and everything. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing it, hearing it again and – seeing who actually takes the lead on that. I'm thinking Mitch Wilson might might lead the charge. Who knows? Absolutely. There we go. We'd there we go. Him. Iron Big Man. Fan of Mitch. Nice. Yeah. Mr. USA Eagle himself. That'd be fantastic to hear him. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah the, the chat is absolutely exploding, Walk. I've been trying to throw up all of these uh, comments from our, our Rangers out there. They're just so excited to see you. And, and I guess really I wanted to open up the floor here. We're 24 minutes in. You've been very generous with, generous with your time. Did you have any message for the Rangers, the Free Jacks fans out there? Just anything? Um, yeah, I guess um, heading into 2023, um, I guess I've – Firstly, I'd like to wish the boys good luck on their on their season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen all the new signings and and whatnot, and I know it looks like it's probably going to be a better team than 2022, to be honest. Um, there's some phenomenal players that are coming over, um, and I'd just like to wish all you guys all the best. Um, who knows, hopefully we might see you in the back end of the season. Um, we'll never know. We'd love to run alongside you, and I guess to those free jacks, oh, the free jacks, the Jack Rangers people, and you guys and the fans, yeah. um, get behind the boys. Um, I know they're going to be in for a good year, good, good crew, and I uh, can't wait to see the the final result. Tell you what, Walker, even if you don't play for the Free Jacks in 2023, I'm giving you an open invitation to join us at Fort Quincy in Section 5 to see the boys play, maybe in the playoffs perhaps. If you're not able to suit up for the Free Jacks, come join us. Uh, we'll do a couple chants. We'll have a couple storm alongs in the crowd. I think it'd be awesome. But uh, you've been very, very generous with your time. I appreciate you so much. And uh, that's really going to do it for this particular episode of the Jacks Rangers show. Uh, Bozo, you got anything else for the people? 
Yeah, I mean, Bodine, uh, just echoing what Phil said, thank you for your time. And I think I do I do speak for all the Free Jacks fans, man, that will be watching you over there in Japan. I'm sure some people will be catching the matches and wishing the, the Kobe Steelers a successful season and yourself included. Uh, I think, you know, especially on this show, when we found out that, that you were heading over there, I mean, it was we were a little sad, but only for a little bit because we knew it was a big opportunity for you and we were fired up for you, man. So, I think that that's awesome. Thanks for coming back and being on the show. And we wish you continued success. It's going to be a good ride in 2023. Absolutely. So, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, boys. It's been a pleasure. Best of luck. And we got a, one word before we got here. And everybody, make sure you're saying it in the chat as we're saying it on the screen. Walk, I'm sure you know what it is at this point. In three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! huzzah. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We like to post a bunch of stuff in regards to the episodes that we release. During our segments, we like to have this content to create graphics. So make sure you're liking all of that stuff that you see and making comments on that to help our engagement numbers on social media. That is super, super important to the Jacks Rangers show. If you're listening to this prior to the 26th of January, I wanted to let you know that Captain Josh Larson will be joining us in a live stream interview. Uh, Josh Larson, one of our favorite guests of all time, of course, uh, the captain of the New England Free Jacks. Make sure you can tune in if you can to that live stream on January the 26th at 9 p.m. If not, that interview will be included in the next episode, which is preseason part two. Be on the lookout for that in the coming days, if not 10 days from now at the most, I would say. And then we're moving right into the season, which is incredible to think about. We'll We'll have coverage, of course, of the New England Free Jacks trip down to Houston. I will be there as Texas Phil. Uh, super excited about that. Looking to get some content while we're down there, of course. But uh, with that being said, I wanted to thank everybody. Once again, all the Rangers out there that are listening to this on Rebel Radio, you guys are what makes the Jacks Rangers show happen. So I appreciate each and every one of the loyal Rangers out there that ride along with us each and every episode of the Jacks Rangers show. And with that, I'm going to say a couple things and we're going to ride on into the sunset here. Go free, Jacks. Let's ride and huzzah.